What a Circus is a podcast that invites you to listen in on a teen book club. You can find links to our monthly podcasts on our Twitter page at Galena Library or anywhere podcasts are found. Our original music is by Darren and Carson Elquist and original art is by Katya Rogers. Chapter 3. The Attraction of the Virtuoso. Last month, we read the novel I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica L. Sanchez. It was a finalist for the National Book Award and is smart, deep, and timely. The narrator is Julia, who is in her senior year of high school and desires nothing more than to move out after graduation, head to college, and become a writer. But this is not what perfect Mexican daughters do. They don't abandon their family like this. Luckily, Julia's older sister, Olga, is the perfect Mexican daughter, so Julia doesn't have to be. Until tragedy strikes. Olga dies in a terrible accident, and Julia is left to not only try to stitch her family back together, but to find the fine line between who she is and who her family expects her to be, now that the perfect daughter is gone. The narrator is witty, wise, stubborn, and curious, but is also still a teenager who is trying to understand adult expectations and find her place in a world that sits between her two cultures. We began by talking about the character and who we understood her to be. Well, I think I like the book because uh, there's the character, um, Julia, is really different from her sister, Olga. Um, because um, Olga was like that perfect like daughter that would always listen, would always like um, do whatever she, well no, not do whatever she wants, but like got to like, let's say like her mom gave her chores, she'll do it. But on the other hand, um, Julia's different. She doesn't, she's kind of lazy, but like her dreams are wild. She wants to be a writer and just go to college and do everything. When you say wild, like, compared to what? Like, um, she just wants to be like, like herself. She wants to do everything her way. And um, like, she doesn't get to do that because she lives in a um, household that prevents her from doing that. So almost though, when we say wild, wild against the set expectations of her family. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, right? That's she doesn't like the, just want to be obedient and fit into the mold that her family creates for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to go and live her life and do what she wants to do, not what mm-hmm. her family is planned for her. She wants to be different than her sister. She doesn't want to be like living under her sister's shadow. This led us to talk about the roles that siblings inevitably end up playing for their parents. Born first or last, this will affect how your parents view you. The students said this definitely made them think about their own younger and older siblings. And for those who were the oldest, they looked at their younger siblings now with a bit more understanding. I can say people who are younger siblings who like really feel her because she believes that like she should be like her sister, that like she's living under her shadow. So she's trying to be someone different like someone completely different than her sister. Mm-hmm. 
So like I feel like younger siblings can really feel that getting compared to their older siblings a lot. Are you a younger sibling? Older. Older? So did my it make you think about your siblings? Yeah, my sister's always yelling. She's like, I always get compared to you. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it kind of helps older siblings too to kind of know what the younger ones are going through. I think a lot of us are older mm -hmm. siblings yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a younger sibling. Yeah, I'm a younger sibling. What's your older sibling like? Um, well, he is sort of He's smart, and he's nice, <laughs> but like he's it's a uh, bit I'm arrogant, nice. like he's yeah, he's pretty like, oh yeah, I'm smart, and I'm just like, okay. From there, we discuss the parents in the novel, and in real life. As a parent, novels like this can break my heart because you know the teenage character needs something from her parents that she is just not getting, and you know at the same time, this will inevitably happen to your own children, no matter how hard you try. For these students, who are still teenagers, it was interesting to hear their thoughts on what they perceived the parents' weaknesses and strengths to be. A number of students at this meeting were from families just like Julia's, where their parents are raising them here in the U.S. in order to give their children opportunities they themselves never had. I guess expectations for Hispanic people is mostly like I couldn't, like I didn't have a better life. Mm -hmm. So it's like you should have a better life than me. So it's like go to college, be like someone better. I think going back to Julia's personality, I think Olga's death um, is kind of what propelled her and her parents into realization of how different she is. And they just kind of have to figure out, because since they don't have. Olga, who's kind of their perfect child anymore, they have to figure out how to raise um, Julia, who's so different from her. I feel bad for Julia because after like Olga, her her older sister died. Um, it was like her she um, noticed that her parents mostly picked the older sister than her. And it just like, it made me sad because she was like, oh, after my older sister died, it's like, I'm not perfect as her. And um, I don't have nothing compared to her. I'm like nothing. And my parents are just sad. Like her parents are just sad. A few students also noted that while their parents always say they want them to choose their own paths in their future, there are subtle and not so subtle hints being dropped all the time that, well, colleges closer to home might be better. One student sees herself as more of the Olga in the family and feels the pressure to stay close. My parents, even though they encourage me to go and do what I want, um, it's always like, well, Reno's a great town, you know? <laughs> got a lot of, you got the mountains, you got everything oh, you could ever want here. And they always try and subtly kind of... Kind of hint. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe you should just stay home. Because my sister, the younger one, she's the wild child. Like, she's the free spirit. Uh -huh. And I'm kind of the homebody, but Are maybe I want to... in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of Olga, one student pointed out that it really did seem that she was the favorite child. 
and that after her death, Julia's parents just wanted her to assume the personality of their eldest, now deceased daughter. There doesn't seem to be room at all anymore for Julia, just a huge void to fill that once was Olga, the perfect daughter. And staring into this void can be incredibly lonely. I mean, back to like with the Olga thing, I think that like the parents, they kind of did have like a favorite child. It was like, and oh, yeah. so then when she died, they sort of just projected who Olga was just right onto um, Julia. Julia. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so then they're just like, here, take this, do this. You need to be exactly like her in her life because we'd rather have her than you. Mm -hmm. Sort of That's that. It. Yeah. Well, like, um, Julia, like, Julia's like under pressure and stress throughout the whole story and you could like feel her emotions because she has her family talk behind her back all the time and she has to deal with school and she has to deal with this party that the quinceanera she has to deal with that and she just wants to like talk to someone like she doesn't have to she doesn't talk to her parents that much which makes her feel lonely and like if like her parents got to understand her situation like the whole story would just like be like <coughs> plot twist i guess you could say mm -hmm. but like Julia right now, she's just in like a stress and she's alone and she just wants to talk to someone. We also made connections to other novels. I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter is, like many YA novels, a coming-of-age story. It also asks some big questions of its characters and in doing so, us. For example, is keeping a secret sometimes the best thing to do? Or is telling the truth always the right thing to do? I wasn't here last week, but um, I just wanted to say, like, the main character reminded me a lot of the main character from The Hate You Give. Like, just, like, how yeah. she told the story and, like, how she felt about things reminded me a lot of that and how she, like, starts to mature more towards the end once she like starts to learn like why this stuff is happening, like what she needs to do and starts to like accept, not accept, but like understand things better. Like it reminded me a lot of that book. She does grow up. Mm -hmm. What did you guys think of the, um, like her inner conflict between she wanted to tell her parents because she just, mostly I think she just didn't want to carry the weight of it by herself. But she also had an argument like they they should get the truth too. And then her friend saying sometimes not telling the truth is the kindest thing. What do you guys think about that? I think like if I was in her situation, I would have had the same conflict. Mm -hmm. In the end, I don't think I would have told the parents. But it's just hard to because you were put in that situation with this sister who seems like amazing and then you find out she's not who she says she was and how do you break that to your parents who thought that she was the perfect daughter and did everything right. And then there are our friends. Julia's best friend in the novel is not perfect, is not fully embraced by Julia's parents and makes questionable choices in her own life, but she does act as a sounding board and a limit setter for Julia. 
She helps her be a better person. I like how Lorena like checks her. She's like, you're being immature, but like she'll tell her. Like whenever she like starts going too far, like her best friend's like there to like put her back in her place and like, like tell her to remember things that she like needs to like keep track of because her there's like that scene in the park where she they start that argument and it like totally escalates into them talking about like Julia's like personality traits that are like problems for other people and then she starts to like tell her and bring it to the surface which is good because it like helps her mature along the way. Overall, they like the ending and that Julia was able to go away, stay true to her dreams, but also leave with some sort of peace between her and her parents. This, however, didn't excuse her in our minds of some pretty darn selfish behavior early on. Well, what I thought was, um, one thing I liked about this book is how, like in the beginning, Julia like hates her life. like and she doesn't just she doesn't care about the world but throughout the story uh, of she starts to like go out and um, get help from friends and then at the end um, she realizes that life isn't that bad and she's happy at the end of all this yeah, I agree that it, it's a good thing that it was like a happy ending because it was getting like really sad like the whole time and then she got to go to like the college she really wanted to go to mm -hmm. and everyone was happy. And found out some stuff about her parents, mm -hmm. like, I think realizing just everything her dad had given up. It just brought all of them together like mm -hmm. as a family unit. Even though they were separated, yeah. right? they still had to let her go. Mm -hmm. And I'm like glad it ended like happily but... Don't you think like at the beginning she was like really really selfish because yeah. oh that's how i felt when i read yeah, it i was like oh my gosh like, i understand like that you have issues with your mom like it reminded me a lot of one of my friends and her mom because no matter what they're always like nagging on each other it's she's not, not friendly, <laughs> <terrible. Not laughs> no <laughs> but um like no matter what even if it's just over something silly and the whole quinceanera thing like just really like i felt so bad for the mom too because the mom was going through a lot and it wasn't for her, it was for her sister. And she knew that, but she didn't She didn't want to make, do it for her mom. She just didn't care. Like, yeah. And I felt like it, she was being really selfish for the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. I just felt bad for her mom, but I felt bad for her too, because her mom was like a piece of work. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, just suck it up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Put, it's like, it's, put yeah. on the heels, yeah. it'll be okay. Do the dance, put on the mm -hmm. heels, wear the dress. And then she would like go back and forth because she was upset about them spending the money, which is totally reasonable because she wanted to go to a nice college and to do something new, which is totally understandable. But then she was also complaining that her like quinceanera like little gifts were from like a thrift shop and stuff like that. Like she couldn't win, like her mom just could not win. Overall, the main character is flawed, as we all are. The students point out that her attitude toward Wanga, a guy who becomes friends with her own best friend, was mean, and that she treated him pretty much exactly the way she told everyone else not to treat her. She could be petty. She attempts suicide partway through the book, and my students thought this rang false, or just didn't quite work the way perhaps it was intended. 
It wasn't a big flaw, but they did note it. Overall, what did they give the book? I would say like a 7 or a 7.5. Okay. I'm gonna give it an 8. A 7 or 8 is a solid like for this group. They liked that the character matured over the course of the novel because the early version of her drove them crazy. I think it gave us all pause, too, in thinking about the complex relationships between parents and children. I'm not so old that I don't recall just how complicated and frustrating those teenage years felt, but I'm also a mom, and so now have a new vantage point, and it can be just as frustrating and complex from here. Maybe our overall takeaway should be this. Go out of your way sometimes to do what the other person needs, even if their need seems irrational at the time. Julia's mother made her dress up and go through her quinceanera, or 15, party. Julia knew the party was really thrown out of a misplaced sense of guilt. Her parents had never thrown a quinceanera for Olga because it was too expensive. Now Julia, the child who least wanted one, was going to get one, if only to make it up to Olga somehow. But Julia balked through the whole thing. She basically ruined the night. As one student noted, Come on, Julia. Wear the shoes. Do the dance. It's for your mom. As we say every month, quoting Bukowski, we're all going to die. All of us. What a circus. That alone should make us love each other more. And maybe sometimes that is the best way through. Wear the shoes. Do what you need to do. It's for someone else. Every year, we read one classic novel during the months of December and January. This allows us the time and the communal encouragement to push through novels that can sometimes feel denser and more complex than we are used to with modern YA. This year, we are reading Charlotte Bronte's masterpiece, Jane Eyre. Please join us as we discuss a novel that in many ways was well ahead of its time, and yet in others so perfectly of its era. We hope you can join us. We'll see you next time. 